Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. The glory. I just want to thank you guys so much again for joining us uh, live. Uh, big thank you to all the people, it's not all the people, it's less than 10 though, <laughs> uh, that are here that are making this broadcast happen. The camera, yeah, my, uh, my son, Dev, amen, my daughter, Aisha, Alicia, uh, Ty, I see you back there, Kendrick in the back, uh, Charlotte, my intercessor, Chad, my right hand, uh, many of you guys, Sister Alicia, that are here, man, and that are praying for us. And um, just just making sure that we, we're able to do what we're doing now to, to, to continue to encourage and make impartation into your lives on today. Um, happy resurrection, everybody. Forgot to pick it. My wife, that girl was up early this morning. What you was up so early for? Was you praying? It was like resurrection service. She just got up. What you were doing? You were cooking? Oh, she was cooking. Okay. Was, I ain't smell nothing when I got up, though. Okay, well, praise the Lord. I'm going to get in trouble, y'all. Man, I'm so excited. Let's go ahead and get into the text. Uh, going to be in the book of Luke, chapter number 22, uh, verses, uh, starting at verse number 39 is going to be our foundational text. Um, if you have your Bible or your electronic device, we'll go ahead and make our declaration of faith. I see you, Roger. Uh, Ashley, bless you, ma'am. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Monica, hey girl, you late. You usually the first one on. <laughs> Edna, Edna, blessings to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're getting ready to dive right into the Word of God. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head and shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, come on everybody, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Luke chapter number 22, starting at verses 39. The Bible declares, and he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him and the Bible declares, and when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. 41 says, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, now watch this prayer. If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 43 says, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 45 declares, and when he rose from prayer, that's so powerful, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Bow with me in a word of prayer. Father, now in Jesus' mighty name, I love you so very much, God. Lord, it's in you today that we live, move, and have our very being. And without you, Lord, we're simply nothing, God. I'm asking you right now in Jesus' mighty name to help me, Greg McGee, to get completely out of the way. Completely out of the way. Yes, Lord. Be glorified, my King, in all that's said now. Be glorified, my King, in everything that's done. And I, and I praise you in advance, God, that the hearts and minds of your people, God, will be blessed through what you say through this vessel of clay. And I thank you now, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, 
Amen. For, for the past couple of weeks, man, we've been dealing with this idea of breaking um, the spirit of intimidation. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm really not sure. I really wasn't sure at first when God introduced this particular message to me concerning intimidation, other than the fact that I know that that's what I was currently dealing with at that particular time four or five weeks ago. But as I begin to move forward and, and see intimidation in the hearts and the minds of God's people, I knew why he was telling me to preach the message or the series that I'm preaching right now. And one of the things that we've been trying to do is to draw a line of distinction between fear and intimidation. Fear, watch this, we've defined fear as an emotional disturbance experienced because of a potential threat. That's right, it's an, it's an emotional disturbance experienced because of a, of a potential, potential threat. So in, in essence, I see something out there in a distance and I feel as though that what I see may, may harm me or bring, watch this, watch this, or bring harm to me or to somebody that I love. And because I see this, it, it makes me terrified on the inside. We've been defining fear as this an emotional disturbance, but when it comes to intimidation, intimidation is a little bit different than fear. And you gotta be careful because when you put these two terms side by side, it seems as though that you could exchange one for the other, but intimidation is just a little bit different. We've defined intimidation as this thought, when one embraces an inferior position towards a challenge, causing paralysis of motion. Understand, it was too funny. I, I think I told you guys this a couple of weeks ago. My baby girl, she is terrified of my dog, Chase. I got a big dog, uh, a German Shepherd, and some kind of way or other, Teresa winds up in the backyard. What is she doing in the backyard by herself I have no idea and and so she's back there with Chase and Chase is doing what he's, he's big big friendly dog and he's just jumping up and down and she's like ah, ah, ah. She, she's just hitting at my dog and and Chase I don't know what he did maybe he licked her maybe he scratched him but she went from ah, ah, and then she just I'm talking about just took off into a sprint y'all and that's what fear does when you when you feel fear on the inside it, it it produces a response of fight or flight either you start running away from the thing that you're afraid of or you start panically trying to attack and fight the thing before it brings harm to you. That's fear. But intimidation, my friend, it's a whole nother ball game. Intimidation, again, when I see something, it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's, it's as I feel as though that I can't beat it. I feel as though that I can't get over it. And because I can't beat it, I just stop. I just quit. And that's what too many of us are right now in the body of Christ. Some of us are looking at our marriages. We're looking at our financial position. We're looking at business opportunities that we had pre, prior to, watch this, the coronavirus. And it seems as though we're hopeless and we're looking at situations and it seems intimidating. I cannot, I cannot surpass it. I cannot go over it. But the devil is a liar today. Matter of fact, why don't you just type that? That's right in the chat that the devil absolutely is a liar. Can you say amen? Now, this is what God stirred my heart with, man, and I want to get directly to the point of the message. As I was meditating on this idea of intimidation, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and this is what he said. Intimidation is the breeding ground of temptation. That's right. Intimidation is the breeding ground of, of temptation. H have you ever asked somebody how they're doing and, and they said, oh, I'm just, I'm just hanging in there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to stay. And well, I come to let you know that, that there's really no such thing in the spirit realm of just 
hanging on in there or just trying to stand. Because in the spirit realm, anything that ain't growing, by default, it is dying. If you are not moving forward, come on, somebody, by default, you are backsliding. And God says when, when intimidation, when you are confronted with the spirit of intimidation and you choose to freeze, you choose to stop, you're not just standing still, my friend, by default. There's a temptation, there's a desire that's created in your soul to go back to the thing that God delivered you from. That's right. When you choose to stop moving forward in the things of God, the only other option that you have is to go back to the place that God delivered you from. And I don't know about you, my friend. I'm not perfect. I have not arrived, but I'm not the man that I was a year ago. I'm not, I'm not the same man of God, the same pastor, the same husband, the same father that I was five and ten years ago. God has brought about a great deliverance in my life. God has done some supernatural things on the inside of me. There was a point in my life I was stuck in the mire and the muck and in the clay. There was a point that I was involved in dumb stuff, but thank God for his delivering hand. And I don't know about you today, but I refuse, my friend, to go back into the thing that God delivered me from. So God is bringing this word not only to me, my friend, but he's bringing the word to you as well, that intimidation, it is the breeding ground of temptation. And if temptation is the thing that drives me back into the lust of my flesh and to anger and to unforgiveness and to bitterness, if intimidation is the thing that the enemy uses to drive me back, today we got to break it in Jesus' name. I dare you just put that in the chat. It's got to be broken today. It's got, it's got to be broken today. Can you say amen to that? So I want to give you an example of what it is, my God. To one day walk in boldness and then the next day you're faced with the spirit of intimidation and it drives you back into the person that you used to be. I'm reminded here in the book of Matthew chapter number 16, Jesus poses a question to his disciples and he says, who do men say that I the son of man am? And they're looking around and they say, some say that you're John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But Jesus looks at them and he says, who do you say that I the son of man am? And you know the story, Peter with his big bad self stands up and he said that that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, 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 Jesus, watch this. Peter gives the correct answer, but look at the response that Jesus gives to Peter. This is so good, man. In chapter number 16, verses number seven, Jesus says, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. 18, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Now, now watch this. It's right there in the text. 17, he calls him Simon Barjona. 18, he says, but you are Peter. The word Peter in the Greek means, it is Petros, and it means a stone or a rock. Why was he saying that? Because understand, whenever you see a name change in the scripture, it's always a designation of a character alteration. You see in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, you see Jacob, my God, and God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means trickster. That's right. But he changes him to his name to Israel, which means prince. He looks at Peter and he says, Peter, this, this personality that you have, this shakeableness that you have on the inside of you, I need you to rise up and be a stone. So I'm going to stop calling you Simon and I'm going to start calling you Peter because what I'm going to need you to do on the day of Pentecost is going to be 3,000 hungry souls that's going to be reaching out for me. And I'm going to need a man of God that's going to stand strong on the word of God and proclaim what thus says the Lord. I'm going to need somebody to write two of the epistles that we're going to put in our cannon. I'm going to need somebody strong. So I'm no longer calling you Simon. I'm calling you, I'm calling somebody shout, Lord, call me a rock. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Lord, call me a rock because I want to be stable in every area of my life. So, so watch this, watch this. He, he changes his name 
and by default, he, he imparts, he, he imparts a different character on the inside of him. No longer shaking, no longer unstable. You are Petros, Peter. You are a rock. But watch this. Just like Peter, many of us, we are firm. We are strong. But whenever we face intimidating situations, God spoke to me again, and he said that intimidation is the breeding ground of temptation. Look what happens in the book of Luke chapter number 22, 31. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Jesus is telling him that an intimidating situation is getting ready to transpire, and I'm giving you the wisdom so that you'll be able to go through it successfully and not shrink back to the old unshakable, the old shakable person that you used to be. 32 declares, but I have prayed for thee, and I love this prayer because he didn't pray that the trial would not come. He says, I have prayed for thee that thy faith, it fails not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. 33 declares, and he said unto him, Lord, this is Peter talking, y'all. I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. This is the stone. This is the rock talking. I hear what you're saying, Jesus, but nothing is going to turn me back. I'm ready to go to death with you. I'm ready to go to prison if I have to. But Jesus speaks up and he says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou thrice have denied me. Jesus understood that an intimidation situation was getting ready to transform inspire in Peter's life and intimidation once again it is the breeding ground of temptation so Jesus further prepares these boys in Luke 22 and 40 he's trying to get them ready he's trying to get them ready and watch this the Bible declares that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers us out of them all some of you guys are praying against trials tribulations, temptation, but I come to let you know that certain trials, they, they got to come. There are, certain, there are certain tests that many of us that we have to go through, and you can't shrink back just because you are tested. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. Again, the Bible declares that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. Matter of fact, why don't you just type that in the chat, but the Lord. That's good. That's good. I was taught as a kid that but is the big eraser. I, I could say that's a, my son, he's wearing a hat. Son, that's, that's, a, that's a nice hat. But you still need a haircut. <laughs> you know I love you, man. That, that's, those are some nice shoes. But it, whenever you use the word but, y'all ain't saying nothing, it erases anything previous to that. So many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. Can you say amen to that? So let me show you this in the text. Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples in Luke chapter number 22, verses 40. He goes to them and he says, and when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. He says, I want you to pray. You're getting ready to face an intimidating situation. And again, God spoke to me and he said, intimidation is the breeding ground of temptation. So I, I want you to pray. I want you to pray that, 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 that this situation doesn't drive you into temptation. 41 declares, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Now, I'm going to skip verses number 42. I'm going to come back to it because I want to highlight exactly what Jesus prayed. But I, for right now, I just want to highlight and, and emphasize what he's challenging his disciples to do. 45 declares, and when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. Now, understand what that means uh, because for, for the first time ever, verse number 45 just jumped out 
out at me. The scripture declares that Jesus found them, watch this, sleeping for sorrow. It reminds me what my wife and I, that we did the first couple of days of this pandemic. It, it didn't fail. For at least three mornings in the row, we were laying down in the bed. I got up. She got up. We looked at each other, and we asked the question, are we dreaming? Is, is this for real? Are, are, the, are the kids really out of school? Are, are we kind of like on house arrest for real? You know what we were doing? Oh, God, help me in this place. We were doing what some of you guys are doing and what the disciples are doing. They're using sleep. Come on, somebody. As a sedative to get through the pain. That's right. They're trying to sleep themselves through this intimidating situation. And some of you guys are using sleep. Some of you guys are next flixing yourself to, de to death. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all, look at me, Pookie. Look at me, Ray Ray. Some of y'all trying to get high right now just to get through this moment. But that's not the way that Jesus told us to get through this moment. He found them sleeping. And this is what he says. He says, why are you sleeping? He says, rise and pray. And I'm telling the body of Christ today that this is how we're getting ready to go through this situation. This is how we're going to get on the other side that we've got to rise and pray understand God just don't need his pastors praying but he needs the body of Christ praying that's right from the pulpit all the way to the back pew he needs everybody praying I remember years ago man I had a dream I was I was pastoring a church in Hattiesburg and I had a dream and, and my man of God he, he he oftentimes whenever he would come down and, and and minister oftentimes he'd kneel down in prayer just like this and in the dream I saw him kneel, kneeling down in prayer and beside him as his pastor I was knelt down in prayer, the head deacon right beside me, and I saw all the brothers down on one knee in prayer. And when I woke up out of the dream, I asked God, what did the dream mean? And God spoke to him, and he says that when you pray, my son, I don't hear titles, I only hear faith. Understand, God wants to hear your prayers because God is responding to prayer and not titles. Why don't you put that in the chat? God, in this hour, that's so good, my God. I, my God, sweetie, tweet that for me. God is responding, my God, help me in this place, to to to. to faith, prayer, and not titles. He's responding to prayer, to faith, and not titles. So Jesus is prepping the disciples, getting ready to go through an intimidating situation. And if you're not careful, the intimidation is going to be the breeding ground for temptation that drives you back into the cussing sailor, Peter, that you used to be. So this is what he does. Oh, this is so good. I want to, I want to go back to verse number 39. The scripture declares, and he came out, he is Jesus, and went as was his custom. Now, now I, I highlighted that, as was his, his custom, because prayer wasn't just a 911 deal that Jesus used. Prayer was a vehicle that he often used all the time. Prayer is not our last resort. It, it's the only thing that we have, my friend. It's the first and the only resort that we have. The Bible declares he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. 41 declares, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to read that again. Look at, look at what Jesus prays. Jesus says, Father... If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When I look at this particular prayer, there are two things that are highlighted in my spirit. Number one is the transparency whereby he prays with. And number two, the humility that he embraces in the midst of prayer. Transparency. Watch this. Oftentimes, I'm called on to pray to open up events, close out events, or uh, in, uh, uh, an event that I might sponsor. I'll pray in the middle of the event. And, and there's one thing that I, I'm always doing in prayer. I'm always being honest. But watch this. When I pray publicly, come 
come on, I'm not always as transparent, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place, that as transparent as I could be, because the, the, the reality is sometimes I ask the question, if I was as transparent, always honest, because whatever I pray, I mean what it is that I'm praying and asking God for, but not always transparent to really show people exactly what's going on, because I'm not sure people can always handle what's going on on the inside of me. Well, Jesus, I find it in the text, he sits his disciples down, he goes a stone's throw, and he kneels, and he begins to pray. I wonder what it would. I wonder what would happen to the disciples' uh, faith had they heard Jesus pray this prayer at that particular moment. We know we hear him saying it now, but had they heard him pray this particular prayer, Father, if it's a way out of this trial, if it's a way out of the cross, if this bitter cup can pass, let let it pass, Lord God. But he prayed this particular prayer in privacy, and this is what God told me to tell you today: that it's time for many of you guys to be more transparent in your prayer. You're honest, but you need to be more transparent. You need to let God know. Stop faking it until you make it. It's one thing if you're going to do that in front of people, but you can't fake it in front of God because he already knows how you're feeling anyway. Be honest with him. And Jesus says, Father, this is hard. If you're willing, remove this cup. That's transparency. But here's the humility. He says, nevertheless, not my will. Nevertheless, not my will. Not, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. Ah, not my will, not my will, not my will, but let your will be done. I, I wonder, I wonder if you could just embrace that for a second. Not my will, but let your will, let your will be done. Oh, this is so good. I'm, I'm reminded just a couple of days ago, my babies, they were playing cards, and um, uh, my wife, they were playing Uno, and uh, uh, they, they would just tear my wife up. Watch that, draw four, pow, draw two, pow. Draw five, pow. They even got to draw five now, y'all. I'm old. <laughs> my house was draw four. They got to draw five now. I'm, I'm talking about, my, I looked up and my wife had 15 cars in her hand. And, and, and Reese and, and, and Cher, they were just laughing because they had two and three and four cars. She had 15 cars in her hand. And this is what I love about my wife in that particular moment. I'm, I'm getting revelation just watching them play a cards game. Look, my wife looked at them cards and watch this. She embraced the hand that she had. I love it. She embraced the 15 cards. Come on, somebody. That the girl had. And watch this. Almost won, the, almost came back and won the game. You know why? Because she wasn't looking at her hand and looking at somebody else's hand wishing she had what they had, but she embraced the hand that was dealt with her, and she almost won with the hand that she had. Well, my wife almost won, but I'm coming to tell you today that you can win with the hand that's been dealt to you. I don't care what it is. Oh, my God. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's facing you right now. You can win with the hand that's been dealt to you. I wonder, can you say amen? So Jesus prays, and he says, Lord, if it's possible, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours yours be done. Transparency and humility, we see that clearly. And the Bible declares, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthened him. Now, in times past, when I get to verse number 43, I, I thought that this was really the end. I thought this was like the, the end. So, so that's, Jesus is urging them to pray. He's urging them to pray to receive strength. That has been my conclusion for years looking at this particular text. He prays, he says, if, if it's your will, remove this covenant. Nevertheless, not my will, let your will be done. Verse 43 comes up, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, and watch this, gives him strength. So I thought the strength was what he received to go through the cross. But that's not the end of the story. He was only strengthened, not for the cross, but he was strengthened, watch the wisdom, to go deeper into prayer. Because when we get to verse number 44, the Bible declares, and being in agony, he prayed, watch this, more, why was he able to pray with more earnest, earnestly? Because he was strengthened in prayer. He prayed more earnestly 
and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 45, when he rose for prayer, I just want to pause right there because I'm done, man. When, when he rose from, oh God, help. When he finished praying, we see a different Jesus, y'all. The Jesus prior to praying, and I'm telling you, God is challenging us to pray. Spend time in his presence because there's something that you're getting ready to get in your prayer closet in this particular hour. And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing to you. It, but, but before he prayed, we see Jesus in agony. We see him struggling. We see him saying, Father, if it's another way. But after he finished praying, talk to me in this place. Jesus is so bold. Judas comes up to kiss him and he said, what's up, friend? The soldier, Peter cuts the soldier's ear off and he's like, hey, Peter, stop tripping. Put your sword up, man. Takes the man's ear and put it back on. The, the Roman soldiers come to arrest him and he's like, hey, I'm right here. Let, let these boys go and y'all do what y'all got to do. What's the difference, my friend, between the Jesus before prayer and the Jesus after prayer? Oh, my God, I'm going to go ahead and warn you. I'm, I'm reading this in, into the text, but I believe it's there. I'm read, what I'm getting ready to tell you, I'm reading into the text, but I believe it's there. I believe that Jesus got strength from the angels just to pray harder. But after prayer, I believe that he got insight and a vision of what was to come. Oh, God, this is so good. Uh, un understand, understand. I remember years ago, man, years ago, 2006, um, when God first gave me the vision of Empowerment Ministries Christians, and I, I saw it clearly. I was, I was laying on my lounge, and I heard him speak it to my ear, and he says, Empowerment Ministries. And, and I, was, I, was, I was very, very intimidated by the idea of, of pastoring, intimidated, fearful, and, and all of those other adjectives that go along with that. And, and I never forget, watch this, because I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any, any backing. God didn't put in my heart to, to go to this uh, denomination or go to this organization. He didn't know. He says, just start the ministry. And I, it's almost like uh, uh, Abraham, he says, get from, matter of fact, that was the foundational scripture that he gave me two, two years prior to him actually speaking empowerment ministries into my spirit. I was reading in Genesis chapter number 12, Abram's story where he says, get from among your kindred, among your family to a land that I'm going to show you. And I felt God doing that on the inside of me, telling me to leave a place of security because in Hattiesburg, I was in a place of security. I, I never, DMP, shout out, your boy, love you, man. I never had intentions of leaving my pastor. I had never had intentions of leaving my church home, but it wasn't my decision. God, God started dealing with me. God started pulling on me. I was going to be there for the rest of my life, but I heard him say, get, get from among your place of security, not, watch this, to a land I'm going to show you. God hadn't shown me this, y'all. He hadn't shown me the beautiful people that I pastor. He just told me to start walking. And I remember going to my daddy, no financial backing, no support, zero. And I said, Dad, God, God is dealing with me. God is dealing with me about starting a church, but I'm not really sure about this. I ain't got no money. I'm broke. I ain't got no members. Um, I said again, I ain't got no money. <laughs> I, I, had, I had nothing. And, and watch this. My daddy looked at me. I'll never forget these words as long as I live. My daddy looked at me and he said, son, let me tell you something. Whatever you're going to do for God, you better do it right now. Jesus. Matter of fact, you ought to put that in the chat right there. Go ahead. And don't put it for, for yourself. Put it in the chat for me because I want to see it. Whatever, you, whatever you're going to do for God, my dad says, do it for him right now. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When my dad said this, when it produced on the inside of me of a vision that I, act, I could actually do what God called me to do. And I left my father's presence with an energy, with a passion 
to do what it is that I felt God calling me to do because for the first time I heard God. Watch this. I heard God, but for the first time I actually saw it in my head that there's a possibility that, that I, could, I could do this. Now, now look, look, look what happened. I, I come to my father discouraged. I leave my father with the holy boldness ready to, ready, to, ready to do whatever it is that God placed into my spirit. Nothing about my circumstance has changed. Still didn't have no money. <laughs> Still didn't have no members. Come on. Yeah, we had, how many kids did we have at the time, baby? We had five members. <laughs> we had, we, that was a great foundation. We had five members, praise the Lord. And only two unpaid tithes, me and my wife. <laughs> yes, Lord. Nothing about my circumstance or my situation had changed other than the fact that I saw something that was greater than what I was going through right now. Hmm. Jesus has a conversation with his father and he gets up off of his knees and nothing about his circumstance has changed. He's still going to the cross. The deal has already gone down with Judas. The Roman soldiers are on their way to arrest Jesus. Nothing about his situation has changed, but something changed on the inside. And I believe that the thing that changed on the inside, he saw something different. And Hebrews 12 and 1, watch this. I'm coming to a close. Hebrews 12 gives us an understanding of what he saw. Hebrews 12 and 1, the Bible declares, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset Take, take, take weights off your ankles, man. Take weights off your ankle. This is so good. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, watch this, here it is, here it is. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What, what, what was the difference, man? What, what was the difference? We read in Luke, he was saying, Lord, if it's possible, allowed this bitter cup to pass. He was in anguish. He was groaning in his spirit. But when he gets up off of his knees, what's different? I believe he saw the joy that was set before us. Whoo, Jesus, it was Friday, but he already saw Sunday morning, my friend. He saw resurrection. He saw him getting up. And not only did he see him just getting up out of the grave, but I believe he saw the results of his sacrifice. He saw you and he saw, he saw I. My God, today, he, he saw people that were going to be in need of a Savior. He saw people that were going to be in need of healing. He saw people that were going to be going through catastrophic evil. He saw people, my God, that were going through a pandemic, about to lose their mind because I lost my job and my, my, my mother, my father, lost, lost friends, lost spouse, lost children. And, and, and even in the midst of what we're going through, he, Jesus saw it. And he said, if it'll bless her. If it'll bless him, if it'll save her, if it'll deliver him, if it'll free her of her depression, if it, if, oh my God today, if it'll liberate that man in his soul today, he said, I'll do it. For the joy that's set before me, five minutes ago, I didn't want to do it. I said, if it's another way, if it's another way, God, if it's another way, but, 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 but in prayer, God gives him a vision of the results of the cross, man. He gave him a vision. He gave him. He gave him a vision. Thank you, Jesus, for the vision. Thank you, God, for the vision. Thank you, God, for the vision. 
I believe he saw Greg. I believe he saw me, man. I believe he saw me. Far from perfect, man, but Jesus. <laughs> when I look at the man that I was, when I look at the dumb stuff that I've, I've done, and he still loved me in spite of all of my foolishness, I don't understand. All I can say, God... God, I thank you. God, I thank you. <laughs> it wasn't my intent to cry on Facebook Live. But man, I'm just thinking about his goodness and his grace in my life. I'm just thinking about it now. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. What 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 does that mean? He saved you. He saved you. He saved you. Yes, ultimately that he paid the, the debt of sin. And the debt of sin, the payment is eternal, the damnation, and his substitutionary death paid that debt that I owed. The Bible declares that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So when I close my eyes for the final time, I I, I wake up in heaven, I wake up in glory because the Apostle Paul, that great theologian he wrote to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord so I, I don't have to fear death but this is the great benefit of salvation. I told you guys that God has been challenging me and I believe he's challenging you now to rise and pray, to rise and pray to rise and pray well let, let, me, let me just help you Prior to his resurrection, we didn't have a right to pray. We didn't have a right to pray because the sin was a gulf that separated unholy people from a holy, righteous, pure God. Jesus broke that middle wall of petition. He, he, he tore down the curtain that separated commoners from the place of the holiest. And we have right now. That's why the scripture teaches us to come boldly to the throne of grace. To come boldly. To, to come bold, boldly. Boldly. Not because you deserve it, my friend. But because the price has already been paid for you. And there are many of you guys right now, man. I'm talking about right now. You're suffering in your head. You, you, put on a, you put on a good front. Because sometimes you can be a great jokester. You can be a great clown. You, you know how to put on a big smile on your face and all that kind of wonderful stuff. But on the inside, you know you're hurting and you're broken. And I'm telling you today, you don't have to stay that way, my friend. You don't have to stay that way. The joy of the Lord can fill your heart. And understand that there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is an, is an emotional response because something happens. And that's why some of you guys are so active in your life because you're always looking for something to make you happy. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, there's, there's, a, there's a deeper level and it's called joy. When you have joy, nothing can be going on. You can be stuck in the house for 30 days in the middle of a pandemic, walking around with masks and gloves on, but yet there's a twinkle in your eye and a spark in your heart. It's called joy. It's called joy. And Jesus offers that to you today, my friend. Jesus offers it to you today, my friend. How, so so how, how do you receive it? It's real simple. God is, God, God is, oh man, he's, he's made it so simple that we've missed it. 
he made he made the plan plan of salvation so simple that we miss it. He, he, this is this is what what he said. He says, "Watch this. I I don't want you to work forward because if you work forward, then you'll feel like you actually did something." <laughs> so 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 if if you give if you give away stuff and and you help people and you you bless people and you do good works and you be like, "Well, I did enough stuff, so I can I'm I'm probably worthy of salvation." He said, "No no 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 no. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. There's nothing that you can do to earn this gift." So I'm going to give it to you freely. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. Today, if you'll confess him as Lord and Savior, you will receive the free gift of salvation. So, Pastor, what's up with this works thing? So I just get saved and I just chill. No, 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 no. no. I can't do nothing to receive it. Neither can I do anything to keep it. But here's the key. All the good works that we strive to do are in appreciation of what he's done. So when you see me... <laughs> when you see me being nice the church many things that we do to bless the community and we want to be a blessing when, when we do this as a church we're not doing it trying to get brownie points in heaven we're doing it as an appreciation of what God has done for us so this is what I want to do before we end this broadcast today man I want to give you an opportunity to receive this free gift that's already been paid for it's been paid for my sweetie we went to we went to Chuck E. Cheese and, and watch this. We had already paid for all the pieces. If more people would have came, watch this. If more people were coming, we would have paid for more. <laughs> we paid for it. All, all, you, all you had to do, all you had to do was drive up, drive up and receive what was already paid for. That's it. Salvation has been paid for. When you try to work for it, now you enter into legalism and God doesn't want that. We don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. So I want to give you this opportunity. Let me pray for you. Father, now in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, I want to thank you for the people of God that are watching this live broadcast now. Thank you that this word, I believe, that is impacting their lives all across the globe. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you <laughs> that you have accelerated this ministry. We're no longer just Gulfport's church, but we now belong to the world. Thank you, God, that you've given us, a, even in the midst of what the world would call the crisis, you've given the church an elevated platform. You've made all of us step our games up so that we can reach people who have never darkened the doors of our church. And God, there's some man and there's some woman today that's saying that I, whoo, I don't understand everything, but I'm feeling something in my heart. And I, that, that's who I'm talking to. There, there's a lady I'm talking to. There's a, there's a, there's a guy that I'm talking to right now. You, you, you don't understand. If, if you flip through the, watch this, watch this. Hold it. If you, if you flip through this, you, you'd be confused. You'd be like, I don't understand. I don't understand everything. I don't understand it. I want to understand everything before I, no, 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 no. You feel a pull. You, see, you feel something tugging on you. You feel it right here. And I'm telling you, it's okay. You ain't got to know everything. You will learn as you go on, respond to what you're feeling right now. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I've done wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And for the sins that I've committed against you, Lord, and against people, they are worthy of eternal separation because you are a holy God you are a righteous God. But right now, 
I'm confessing my sins to you and I'm asking you to save me. Go ahead and ask him, ask him, save me. For those of you who are watching, go ahead and just, just type in there, Lord, save me. Lord, Lord, save, save me. I want to see it. I want to see it. Come on, come on, come on. Put it in the chat. Lord, save me. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord, I, I believe, Jesus, that you went to the cross and you died for me. Say it. I believe. I believe that you went to the cross and you died for me. And you rose again with all power in your hand. And with that power, you've chosen to save me. Therefore, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Welcome to the kingdom, my friend. Welcome to the kingdom. For those of you who are already saved and you love God. Matter of fact, for those if you pray this prayer for the first time or... Or maybe you're one of the ones who are watching it and you, you've been saved for a while, but just living in maybe a backslidden position. And today you decided to come home. I just want you to put in the chat, I came home. Just put that. I came home. <laughs> I came, I came home. If you're watching and you're already a believer and you were blessed by the message, why don't you respond to them and just tell them, welcome home. <laughs> welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Lady McGee, come and stand with me, my sweetie. It's a shame for you to be looking this fine in this place. It's a shame. Love you, sweetheart. We love you guys so very much. For those of you guys who desire to give to sow um, into the ministry EMCC, um, on the screen you should see um, multiple ways that you can give to be a blessing I'm just really excited about just all that God is doing, even in this particular hour, um, the many ways that we're still blessing, the many expenses um, that we're still incurring. We're not complaining at all. We trust God. This is what we trust God to do. I believe we trust God to touch the hearts of the people that are being blessed by this ministry to sow back into good ground, good ground. You can do so at this particular time. Sweetie, any last words, last thoughts? Amen. I'm just excited, amen, about what God is doing. Yes. I'm just excited to be in his presence on today. I hope you felt it even in your homes all over the place. You done? That I'm was done. quick. I'm done. <laughs> now, I need you to start doing it like when we get back and, you know, and, and we in regular service. I need you to be that short prior to me preaching. I can do that. Can do y'all believe she can do that? I can do that. She lying. <laughs> I, I ain't got no sound on the mic. That's why I'm so short. Oh, that's why you're so short. Well, hey, give my give my girl a boost on the mic. Matter of fact, that's wisdom. So when we get back to live service, and um, she you know she want to tune up, just cut her volume down just a little bit, Amen. and we'll cut it short. Amen. Love y'all. This we is your boy. We love y'all so much. The Pastor pantry is going to be open on this upcoming Tuesday. Again, we thank you for sowing into the vision of EMCC. God bless you. We love you. Enjoy your family on today. Yes. Amen. Enjoy time with your family, with your loved ones. And please, stay safe. Practice social distancing. It's please. not the time to just be going over, hanging out at different people's houses. Stay safe. Keep your home safe. Keep your family safe. God bless Amen you. Amen to that. Father, now in Jesus' name, we thank you once again for an opportunity, God, just to connect with your people, people that you love, people that you paid the ultimate sacrifice for. I pray, God, that this word was not just a word for this moment, God, but it resonated deep within their souls, causing change 
causing them to see you, God, in a greater way. I thank you for what you're doing in this hour, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We are a church family, church family. that honors God in everything we say and do. Love you guys so much. Till next time, blessings to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.